0: for health, for education. You don't just ensure that the healthcare services, uh, education services are being provided uh, to persons with disability. It's just just ticking the box of persons with disabilities. You have to ensure that such services are equal and are accessible and inclusive for them.
1: Hello, and welcome to Contain This. I'm Larissa Burke, gender equality, disability, and social inclusion advisor at the Indo-Pacific Centre for Health Security. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of country throughout Australia and the Indo-Pacific region. We recognise the continuing connection to land, waters and community and pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging. We take this opportunity to pay our respects to the late Josko Wakanayasi of Fiji, a champion of inclusion, equity and rights for people with disabilities. Josko leaves behind a great legacy. We acknowledge the contribution he has made towards disability, equity and inclusion in the Pacific region. This is the second episode of a two-part series on disability and health equity. In part one, we were joined by Daryl Barrett from the World Health Organization, who talked at length about the WHO Global Report on Health Equity for Persons with Disabilities. Today, we speak with Vilani Remagasal from Palau, who is the co-chair of the Pacific Disability Forum. Lani is a dedicated advocate for disability rights and inclusion across the Pacific. She was recently awarded the Pacifica Disability Award, the highest award for a person with disability who has made a valuable contribution to the work in our region. Lani brings her lived experience to our discussion around health equity for persons with disabilities and speaks from the perspective of an organisation of persons with disabilities and OPD. Lani also brings a depth of experience in relation to health, having worked in the health sector in Palau for 10 years. We discussed the barriers faced by people with disabilities in accessing healthcare, the importance of ensuring people with disabilities are engaged in health programs from the beginning, and her key recommendations for how development partners working in health can ensure they integrate disability inclusion into their programs. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Lani. I just want to start by asking some questions to better understand the experiences of Persons with disabilities in relation to their experience of health and uh, their access to healthcare and health services. Um, can you give us a bit of a sense as to the main barriers faced by people with disabilities um,
0: in accessing uh, healthcare? Let me give you a, a general perspective on the challenges faced by persons with disabilities in accessing healthcare services. Uh, I guess. As we all say health is is, is is a right so we have we must have uh, equal health care services as equal to persons without disabilities and when you say health rights you can say you can say there are public health uh, services there are clinical services there are other services within the health sector and and I Several challenges I've encountered in health since. Where is that accessible transportation services that will take you, as a person with disability, to to the hospital or to other healthcare centers? And, and even when you get there to the hospital, you are being treated to as uh, equal as person without disabilities. So it depends, on the way on how healthcare workers treat you whether he or she was, was bad, whether he was attentive to your, to your needs, you know, in terms of the customer services, uh, care services for persons with disabilities. And, and this may not be my challenge, but it's also a challenge for other persons with disabilities that I know, particularly for those who are deaf and blind and for persons with psychosocial intellectual disabilities who are still in the category of marginalized groups of persons with disabilities when they get to the hospital how, how friendly and accessible is the services for them and I think also other um, challenges that I've faced uh, in terms of accessing health care services is the availability of, uh, uh, of affordable health care services. Yes, some, in Palau some of the public health care services are discounted or at affordable price but others other services like in uh, clinical services uh, if you get admitted in the hospital how how costly it is are you being covered I am, if I'm working yeah I'm lucky I'm being, I'm being covered by the national health insurance coverage in Palau or if I if, if I buy my, my prescription I will I will also be covered by my medical savings account but for those who are not being covered. Where would that leave them? Would, they, would that leave them hanging? Would it be the government responsibility to take care of that of such costs? Or they would have to take care out of their own pocket? So these are some, also the financial costs that, that we are facing at the country too. Other challenges that I can say is, is the I guess, the sustainability of the healthcare services. Because... Eh? Whether we like it or not, we're in a country that the administration, the government administration, changes time to time. When there's a new election, the, the new administration comes in. So, in terms of affordable healthcare services, accessible healthcare services, inclusive healthcare services, they, we all we're always singing of these healthcare, accessible, inclusive healthcare services. But how are they sustainable to everyone? and also for persons with disabilities.
1: That's um, an incredibly comprehensive picture. Lani, you referenced the importance of affordable healthcare services. Can you talk about the role that social protection plays in supporting people with disabilities to be able to afford and access the healthcare that they need?
0: Healthcare services is, is a right. For everyone, including persons with disabilities, but social protection is a more additional benefits that will ensure such person with disability will will have will, will have, uh, healthcare services. For let me give you uh, in this perspective. So we have we uh, a person with disability uh, going to the hospital will he or she will have. A right to healthcare services, right? But in terms of social protection uh, scheme for for let's say disability allowance, uh, or not, or let's say national healthcare insurance, can there be a coverage of national healthcare insurance or even other forms of uh, healthcare insurance to cover the transportation cost for a person with disability to to be able to transport him or her to the hospital to to get his or her healthcare services to be able to see a doctor or a nurse or whatever. That that is a, a social protection, you know. For like Palau, we have a national healthcare insurance, and we have a medical savings account, right? MSA. So, so national healthcare insurance is for those who are going for off island care, or or even just for admitted in this hospital. But for um, MSA is for those who are just going for outpatient care services. And 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 also in the country, we do have. Uh, disability allowance. We do have a social security disability benefits, uh, and even pension disability benefits. So we were saying, how do we combine all this into one package so that we have a consistency and sustainability of services for person with for person for not just for person with disability, but for everyone. So, for instance, if we have an, an national health, NHI that can cover. Uh, that there should be coverage for a uh, transportation, or even just to cover other reasonable accommodation needs of person with disability, so that he or she can get that uh, affordable and accessible healthcare services, so that they can on the, in be in one package bundle, so that in in terms of the consistency, the sustainability of the program for. Uh, Of healthcare services and social protection services.
1: Lenny, I'm just interested to um, better understand the experience of people with disabilities during COVID 19, both in relation to um, accessing (laughs) information um, and understanding. or being able to protect themselves, um, but also in relation to access to, for example, vaccination and um, protective uh, PPE, um, personal protective equipment such as masks and, and um, important things like sanitizers
0: and um, things like that. That was quite a Well, for COVID-19 experiences with persons with disabilities, I do remember when we went around the country disperse all these hygiene products uh that were donations from our partners so when we the when we disperse these hygiene products we try to simplify the methods that were uh, uh, given to them and even just to bring it to them you know trying to talk to them to comfort them to make them understand of what what what's the situation at the moment? What to expect? You know, making them understand. Because in the country, I I do remember Minister Feld and I. This was also my battle here during the COVID when trying to talk to them that, you know, all these infographic materials, all these materials producing for COVID, you have to make sure that what they keep saying they're accessible. Yes, they're accessible, but how are they being uh, translated in a local context or even just translated in a local language? But for person with psychosocial intellectual disabilities or even for blind, how would they understand, especially the person with psychosocial intellectual disabilities how would they understand such technical terms in the materials produced published by ministry of health uh, um, workers so. and even coming to the state level i i also know that one of the state uh the the, the biggest city state in the country translated them in into simple in into local language and even to English a simple English, but yet again a simple English is not just a simple English written in such document, but also when even when you disperse such materials, you have to ensure that uh, you have to trans make the people that you encounter to understand on what's written in those materials. And even even just putting um developing um a material that has all the information overcrowding in a document nobody would even, not even an older person would even know what's written over there and even for person who has a low vision yeah so so all those are the challenges that I had encountered during COVID and even social media announcements uh, and uh, by radios as well and from outreach, visit from state to state, from villages to villages. Uh, these were just some of the, I guess, main challenges that we've encountered. But we we had some discussions and we came along together and we worked together. And, and even just a putting a caption in the TV, like when there's an update from the Ministry of Health, uh and there at least should be a a caption in the tv and in like in Fiji there should be sign language interpreter so you know those are just uh, some of uh, uh some of the challenges that we didn't have during the covid and we we're not be, uh, prepared for it and we try as much as we can to do have conversation in the table to help one another
1: mm. Um, And it sounds like in maybe in Palau, and and I've heard this in um, many other uh, countries in the region as well, that the relationship between the government and the organisation of persons with disabilities was really critical um, in being able to reach people with disabilities with information and in some um, situations with vaccines as well. Um, So you talked a little bit about, Working alongside the government, um, but how important was the role of
0: organisations of persons with disabilities in the response to COVID? At the beginning, we were not part of the more of like a body for, with with the government, uh, but during that's when we start to collaborate, work together with the with the Red Cross and um, Ministry of Health to really making sure that uh, at, um, the social media, the publicity of COVID materials, the announcements, making sure that persons with disabilities get vaccinated. That's when we started to enhance our our relationship. But we're not part at the discussion at the beginning. So this is like what we're saying. If you want to do something for a person with disability, always start at the beginning, not, don't call them to come in at the begin, at the middle or even toward the end of the stage.
1: Is there a stronger understanding now in, in Palau and/or other countries um, of the importance of involving people with
0: disabilities from the yes. beginning? Right now there's a strong understanding because our active involvement and uh, partnership, uh, the, uh, meeting with, uh, with the government, not to mention coming from the higher up with the office of president and even president himself. So we have that close partnership now. So it, it's slowly, but truly we're working more better together with the government focal point on disability and the office of president and to other agencies in the government. Yeah, that's great. And I think there's other examples
1: too um, in the region where the um, OPDs weren't involved at the beginning, but then uh, actually the relationship between the Ministry of Health um, and other government representatives and OPDs is much stronger than maybe it was before. I guess it's the hope is that that sustains and that uh, if there's another crisis like COVID that that would be, that we lo- I guess, that we embed those learnings and make sure we do engage people with disabilities early. So, Lenny, based on our discussions um, on the experiences of persons with disabilities and the barriers that they face in accessing um, healthcare, what do you think needs to be done to improve
0: the health for persons with disabilities well for for my for my country i know that i think i guess it's not just for my country but for for other pacific countries is understanding the word disability how do they define and explain disability at the country because if if the healthcare workers the, the government understand what is disability who are persons with disabilities the concepts of disability then they would be able to and this, I'm sure it will greatly impact the um, the uh, the delivery of healthcare services. Because even even on, uh, honestly speaking, I I know I can identify the uh, such healthcare workers in my country who are. <laughs> Who are not being able to deliver such uh, healthcare services to persons with disabilities, maybe because they don't know these are persons with disabilities or how to deliver such services for them. So, uh, first things first is to understand the disability, the concepts of disabilities, and the different uh, um, um, preconditions to inclusion, which is the accessibility. I know accessibility is used in all different. Across the region in all different forms. But when it comes to healthcare services, how do they understand accessibility? What are the contexts of accessibility? How do and what how do they align it to in terms of accessible healthcare services that so that it'll be delivered for all, including persons with disabilities?
1: Thanks, Lani. I think that's um, critically important that understanding. The concept of disability um, and our definition of disability uh, which somewhat circles back to <laughs> also our training of health workers and how it is that we're um, better equipping healthcare workers um, with the knowledge and skills to provide inclusive services. So it's a nice little circle back to our earlier conversation as well I think. <laughs> um, so we talk, we've talked a little bit about Uh, COVID and um, the importance of working with uh, OPDs. Um, I'm interested to know um, what you think some of the lessons learned from COVID are um, and how we can do better if, um, you know, the next epidemic or pandemic hits. How is it that we can be more? Uh, inclusive and ensure persons with disabilities have equal access to the information and the services that they need to
0: keep themselves safe on an equal basis with all others. Some of the lessons learned is I think we always as persons in coming a person with disability and coming from the disability community we always say if Anything that involves disability, you have to consult person with disability. So don't bring person with disability into the middle states or the end states of the project of the proposal or even the conversation and such effort. So that was that's the one lesson learned. And another thing is of course improving the coordination and communication be, between partner stakeholders uh, when it comes in in uh, to this conversation on COVID. Or other emerging issues coming up, like-
1: Lani. This wasn't a question on my list, but I'm going to ask about the global report. Um, An equity. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, I guess my question is: um, so the the global work, on, uh, the global report on health equity for persons with disabilities was released in December. Um, uh, 2022 and we've um, spent some time talking with Daryl when he was here in Canberra about the report. Um, but I'm interested in your perspective of how important that report is to
0: uh, the disability community. the report is important for us persons with disability for, you know, as I said, for health, for health, for education. You don't just ensure that the healthcare services, uh, education services are being provided to, to person with disability, but ensuring that it's that you know that it's accessible and inclusive for them. So it's just, just ticking the box off. Persons with disabilities have a right to health, have a right to education. It's just like ticking in the bus. You have to ensure that such services are equal, are accessible and inclusive for them. And, uh, and yes, uh, equity. This I, I do remember in one of the meeting discussions for equity, of course, persons with disabilities are not just... Uh, uh, they don't just benefit from uh, services but they can also um what do you call it? Uh, they can also contribute to the society and that's equity so yes so everyone have access to services but everyone can also contribute to the society so persons with disabilities can 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 Become a political leaders in the country can become a leaders in civil society organization. Can they are they can become a leader in their family. So it that's what what we say equity. It's equi- it's equity of services. It's equity of being in the community to contribute and be part of the community equally as people without disabilities. I hope I cover. Uh... Yeah, that's
1: great. I think that's such a critical reminder too that, um, and sometimes in health, and I know as a previous health worker, you can get caught in the delivery of health for the benefit of others. Uh, but a good, re- I think such a critical reminder that people with disabilities, just as much as anyone else have should have the opportunity to contribute to um, the delivery of health policy and health programming. Not just about receiving services, yeah mm, yeah, um, and I think the the global report is like it's quite action orientated as well, so it it, it i think um, has potential to provide a really great roadmap for governments um, in terms mm-hmm. of what they can do around improving improving inclusion and health equity, so. I think it's an exciting report an exciting time for it to be released as well off the back of COVID. Lani um, here in the Indo-Pacific Centre for Health Security um, we have uh, health programs in the region that we our partners implement and that we support and I just wondered whether you have any key recommendations of how Partners, development partners working on health can make sure that they are integrating um, and uh, paying good attention to disability inclusion in their programs.
0: Well, some of the key recommendations that I can propose is again is to understand is to understand the disability and its concepts and that in the different the conditions to inclusion and second one is the communication the communication is uh communication and coordination that we that said being uh ensuring that persons with disabilities are at the table are at the discussion and my third one is i guess we have to in the disability we always want to ensure that efforts and services are being sustained so we don't just do this one for for the sake of it just because it's mandated but we also need to ensure it's not just being uh, done there just for that certain period of time but also there should it should be continuing effort or services uh, for the community and for everyone including persons with disabilities
1: I think you've done really well to um, relate it back to, I guess, donor-funded programs, um, particularly that kind of point around sustainability and how it is that we are ensuring um, not only that we're ensuring OPDs are at the table, but that we're thinking
0: about the sustainability kind of lens as well.
1: Lani, is there anything else you want to add?
0: I think um, just to also say that uh, I am, of course, our life has ups and downs, but. Uh, really, the experience, the learnings I have gone through is what made me who I am right now and trying to be that great advocate uh, for person with disabilities. Yes, I've gained uh, from Ministry of I've gained from PDF, I've gained from my movement and from the experience I have with you and all these other organizations I'm affiliated to, so now I'm returning back to the community to help. The people the country that will that will get the same benefits services that i had along the way thank you uh, larissa for this opportunity
1: thanks lani and that's such a great um way to end the conversation as well so um thanks so much for your time you've been listening to a conversation with Valani remegasau co-chair of the pacific disability forum Lani discussed the experiences of people with disabilities, including her own experiences, in terms of inclusion and health outcomes. We talked about why it's important to understand disability and the concepts associated with disability inclusion, how communication and coordination plays a vital role in supporting inclusion, the importance of sustainability, and the critical need to ensure that people with disabilities are at the table in all discussions about health. This has been the second episode of our two-part series on disability and health equity. I'm Larissa Burke. Gender Equality, Disability and Social Inclusion Advisor at the Indo-Pacific Centre for Health Security. Contain This aims to bring you fresh insights, analysis and updates on what is shaping our region in health. We look forward to having your company on the next episode. Contain This is produced by the Indo-Pacific Centre for Health Security. We acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of country throughout Australia and the Indo-Pacific region. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters
0: and community and pay our respects to Elders, past and present. You can follow us on Twitter at CentreHealthSec.